Welcome to the Bridge in the Gap podcast, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from co-lead pastor, leadership coach, and founder of Vivid Academy, Caroline Durocher-Bergeron, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, you will hear about why Sabbath is so important and how to practically honor it in our busy world. You'll also hear about the terrible triple O's and Caroline's profound quotes, including radical ownership of our lives is the foundation of soul care. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the podcast, the Bridging the Gap podcast. Um, I am so excited to talk with you today. I just have been looking over, you know, your website, your Facebook group, and you are a busy woman. First off, <laughs> from being a director of, you know, Vivid Academy and coaching, you know, doing life coaching and pastoring, like you are a busy person, but I am so excited to have you on the podcast and just to get to chat more today. It's just a delight to be here. Well, before we jump in, I know Kristen introduced you a little bit for all of our listeners, but would you like to just introduce yourself and give us a little taste of, you know, who you are, what you're working on these days, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. My name is Caroline Durocher Bergeron. And uh, it's funny because when we get married in Quebec, we cannot take our husband's name. So my legal name is Durocher, but everybody calls me Bergeron. So that's an interesting fun fact about me. Uh, I am the mother of three uh, teenagers slash young adult. I just love doing that. And I've been married with Pascal for 25 years. Those are the things most important in my life. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I've been in pastoral ministry for 25 years. Um, Part of my role in the as serving churches in the British Columbia uh, district of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada for 10 years was to travel around the province doing a lot of leadership development and in the area of family ministry moving uh, after we moved to Quebec to pastor we my husband and I co-pastor a church at Colleglise Carrefour in Sherbrooke and now I'm the director of Vivid Academy which is a leadership center for women that want to step to into everything that God has for them yeah. Oh, I love that. I saw that when it was uh, in a description of the Vivid Academy, it said empowering and equipping women. And the Bridging the Gap mission statement is also to encourage, equip and empower every woman in her faith journey. So I loved that there was that similar language and just wanting to equip leaders, wanting to equip women and, you know, believing, I'm sure you have the same heart of that every woman has the potential to be a leader. And so how do we train women up in those areas? So I am just super excited to to talk with you more today. And I could just listen to your accent all day. So there is also... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That perk for me. So, but, you know, let's just dive in here today. What we really wanted to dive into this topic of soul care in the real world. And I really, really love talking about soul care. And um, I think some people hear the difference of like, okay, what's self-care versus soul care? Um, And I think they're different, but what are your thoughts on that distinguishing factor? Well, it's a fabulous question. First, because the soul is the essence of person of the person, right? Self-care could be how do you take care of yourself? It's kind of a general principle, but um, the soul is the essence of the person. And it includes the mind, which is your ability to think and reason, your emotion. Those are your beliefs, your attitudes, your feelings, and your memories, and your will, which is the ability to 
choose, but also to make confident decisions, right? That's the soul that have those three aspects. So really soul care is the process by which you examine the states of your heart, of your emotion, and really bring it in light of God's uh, light and really identity and his will for our life. And it's profoundly, profoundly biblical because there's mm-hmm. like uh, most people know Proverbs 4 verse 23 that says above all guard your heart for everything do flows from it but in hebrew the terms heart actually means the inner man the mind and the will so it's really above all guard your soul it's really mm-hmm. what it means so um it it and i being very always driven tend to be uh, busy in life. Um, circumstances was brought into my life that just forced me to uh, take radical ownership of my life in the area of soul care and move beyond self-care to really care for my soul, which my mind, my my emotions and my will. Mm, yeah. When you started diving into learning more about soul care for yourself, what were things that you found maybe like hesitancies or resistance for really taking care of your soul? Like I'll give you an example for myself. Mm-hmm. I struggle with what I call productivity guilt <laughs> where mm-hmm. I uh, I have a really hard time taking the Sabbath because I lay there and I'm sitting on my couch trying to relax and a thousand things are going through my mind. And I could easily be sitting and just absorbing the word of God, be reading and reading. But I'm like, I didn't do laundry yet. I didn't do grocery shopping. I have to make that doctor appointment. Like I can't even allow myself to rest. And I feel like that is a huge barrier for me in taking care of my soul care and filling my cup. So was there any of those for you as you were starting to get into these new rhythms? Absolutely. Actually, I got into those rhythms. I remember at I was at a pivotal point in my life. I was traveling, speaking a lot. I just finished my master's in leadership. So there was a lot going on in my life. And in this season, I've discovered that three of my kids have some sort of special needs. So two have learning challenges. Another one was diagnosed with a sickness that took a lot of, like just a lot of time with doctor's appointment and stuff. And the other one just tend to be more positional by nature, (laughs) took a lot of nurturing and, and, you know, accompaniment. And I remember one night just, melting down in my kitchen and um and pretty i'm pretty strong i'm pretty tough but i i had a a grown-up meltdown have you ever had a grown-up meltdown oh yeah every day (laughs) yes i I can relate um and i remember just being on my knees and say god you picked the wrong mom for these kids like Mm. this is too much work it's too hard like they have so many needs and i i'm not the i'm not the right person for them Mm -hmm. and the holy spirit just so gently came to me and whispered in my ear, imagine how much I trust you. Mm. First answer, first response, and that shift brought so much healing in my heart. And second, he said, Caroline, you need to take radical ownership of your life. You need to take radical ownership of your soul. Maybe you cannot change circumstances, but you are responsible for caring for your soul because that's what mm-hmm. I'm giving you. And there's so many times that people that are that I'm meeting, um, they feel overwhelmed, especially women in leadership or women j- just in general, they they want to, you know, they feel overwhelmed, overworked, overcommitted, and a bit unfulfilled. 
right? And they long for more, but yet they don't see how they can make space in their life for more. Or they even feel guilty for resting. So they're like, work, 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 work. But even when I'm resting, I'm not really resting. So I'm not really enjoying rest. I don't even know how to stay still and enjoy rest. So better work, at least that I'm being productive, right? Yeah. So it's it's like a circle that really... Um, it's, we can all fall. It's a trap, right? We can all fall into, um, because rest is, it's actually like the commandment. You were talking about Sabbath. I'm very passionate about Sabbath. It's a commandment that was given just very close to you shall not murder. Yes. It's the only one we glorify ourselves in breaking, you know, I'm mm. so busy, you know, and, and the God really revealed to me, as you said, there's a lot on my plate, but I really believe that I'm in the point of my life where I'm able to sort a lot of things out, care for my soul. So I, I'm i less busy and more fruitful. You know, sometimes mm. we're busy, but not necessarily fruitful, actually doing the things that God is asking us to do. We're distracted. We're just restless. It's that restlessness inside of us. So soul care invites us to, to really analyze ourselves what's going on in our mind in our in in our emotions in our even a will what do i really want to talk about boundaries i listened to one of your podcasts before you're talking about boundaries too right that has to do with soul care right put boundaries within yourself and with in relationship with others and you know even when women say i know what i don't want but i don't know what i want mm. that is a is a sign of a tired soul because when you don't when you're unable to make confident decision and have discernment to know what's the next move, that is at the level of the will, right? The will is in the soul. So everything has to do with emotion, thought process, even memories, dealing with um, uh, decision-making process. All of that has to do with the soul. So it's more than just singing Kumbaya. (laughs) It's really a way we live our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In your experience with just working with women in leadership, you know, what were some of those common obstacles that Christian women are facing when they're trying to prioritize self-care and just these, this outrageously busy lives <laughs> that we all mm-hmm. live in? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm going to start with the story. If that's okay with you. Yeah, please. Have you ever driven a car that was out of alignment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know exactly where I'm going with that, right? So, yeah, forearms by the end. <laughs> yes. And I have for a full week, for a few weeks. But, you know, I kept procrastinating fixing it because I thought I was saving time. I was saving money. I was saving trouble. And I just didn't want to take the time to bring the car to the garage and be with three young kids and not having the car for a week, right? Or a couple of days. <laughs> But I knew that the car was not designed to operate that way. But honestly, I tolerated it because I became familiar with it. I just became familiar Mm -hmm. with it. So I forgot what it felt like to drive in a perfectly uh, aligned vehicle. And after a while, getting around became really challenging. So to go in a straight line, I had to overcompensate by pulling the (laughs) steering wheel to the left and it was shaking. And then you talk about, you know, your wrists are aching and your arms are abnormally (laughs) big. And it's like, that's not normal. Um, And I knew that if I let go for just a moment, I would end up in the ditch. And driving mm-hmm. this way was not safe. It was insane and clearly <laughs> not working. 
So many women in leadership project the image that everything is fine when in fact, deep down, their life are dangerously out of alignment. Mm. They feel, like I said, the triple O's, I call it the terrible triple O's, the overwhelmed, overworked, and overcommitted. And then how do they keep their their life balance between their kids, their marriage, their career, their social life, their ministry, and even their relationship with God? What they overcompensate. So they they adopt coping strategies that give them a false sense of comfort and control alongside an ever fear of failure and rejection. And the thing is that when we live like that, there's no margin for error. And most, I found myself at that point after I was in a car accident, try to go back to work without being fully recovered because, you know, I'm so busy. I'm too busy to be sick. I'm too busy to have to recover Mm -hmm. from a car accident. And I remember at some point I said, Jesus, if you came to give me life to the fullest, then why am I constantly in a survival mode? Mm -hmm. Why am I striving so much? Why am I so run down? And I know that I'm not the only one that has felt this way. And Mm -hmm. I know that some people may be listening today and that's exactly how they're feeling right now. So it, there's certain things that it's just the lack of margin of reading room in our life when we can't quite even hear ourselves think. So we're often more in a reactive mode than in a reflective mode when we can actually become fully aware of what's going on inside our heart and in our our thoughts and in our decisions we make on a daily basis. Yeah, I really am just soaking in what you said about just how we can become so familiar with it. Mm -hmm. And just as that go, go, go mentality, you know, I just, I don't think I've ever heard that before. And that truly is just really resonating. Like, yes, we do get super familiar with the go, go, go. And then when you're forced to stop it, that's why it feels so unnatural. It feels like I can't do this. And just the other night I was making dinner and I was like, go, 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 you know, timers going off, a dog's barking, kids yelling. We're in the middle of potty training. So I have to like watch him like a hawk. (laughs) Yeah. And my husband just <laughs> grabbed the spoon from, from me in the kitchen. And he said, just take a moment, like literally just take a moment. And I just, he wouldn't let me do anything except for just go sit and take a moment. And it felt so odd. It just felt against that rhythm and against that routine. And I went back to that fact of like, I forgot what this was like. I forgot what it was like to just give ourselves a moment. And how important is it to, even in those couple of minutes, you just feel so refreshed and feel just re-energized. But what are some other strategies that you really encourage and teach, you know, to women as you're navigating soul care and just practical ways women can incorporate that into their daily lives? I love that. And really the foundation of soul care, it's radical ownership of her life. Like people have been coaching with me. It's just like, you can't really blame circumstances or even the lack of time. Because one of the, uh, I have a lot of different programs that I do with that, that I help women journey through uh, develop greater soul care and balance and, and create rhythms of rest in their life. But I start with helping them replace escapism activities with soul care practices. Okay, so mm-hmm. escapism is really the tendencies that we have to seek distraction from unpleasant realities and our daily routine. We, it's our way. We just want to check out. <laughs> we seek entertainment. So we and the difference between escapism and soul care is that escapism distracts us and disconnects us from our present reality, where soul care helps us to fully connect 
and focus our attention to what we need to mm. become our best selves in that very moment. So one of the exercises I encourage women to do is to make a list of all the activities that they do. It could be from watching their favorite TV show to exercising and um even one of the things that I that I put down the first time I did this exercise, oh, I love walking down the Isle of Omsense or and uh, I don't know, Marshall could be that in, in the States, they may have different name, but just looking for the perfect pillow that may do kind of a makeover <laughs> for my living room, even <laughs> or that vase or, or something, yeah. right? That's going to change a whole decor, like just to kind of escape. So make the list of all the activities that you do. And just go before the Lord and say, which one of these activities do I do to, to disconnect myself from my reality? And which one actually helped me to, to fully rest? And mm. uh, reading could do both. Or watching TV could do both, right? Watching TV could be your favorite show, could be a form of self-care. And it doesn't have to be it helps you connect with God, but it just helps you rest, right? Um, but... It's the going into the Netflix ever, like those series, you don't even have to stand and get the remote and the, the next episode start is that loop, right? It's that <laughs> vortex on social media. You're just looking at one post and you're like two hours later, what happened? You know what I mean? That's exactly what I'm talking about. So even reading could be a form of self-care or, or escapism. Training could be a form of self-care or escapism. So make the list of all the activities that you're doing and say, which one actually I use it to disconnect myself from my reality. And I encourage you to really reduce them radically because mm -hmm. when once you're fully aware of how much you escape, you're going to say, oh, there's no way I don't have time to actually care for my soul mm -hmm. because I do have a lot of time. I just spending on things that just disconnect me instead of, allow me to be fully present in my life and things that actually nurture my soul. Does it make sense? Oh yeah. That is an incredible way to look at it. And just great advice of thinking through what disconnects me and what replenishes me in a lot of ways. And I'm even making a list in my head of like, oh yeah, yeah. I've got a couple on that disconnect side for sure. <laughs> but as we're starting to, okay, we make our list, we're thinking through, what is your advice just for how we practically are actually scheduling that? Because obviously, if you're a really busy person, you can't just be like, all right, boom, total life change. You know, we're going to do two hours every day where I'm taking soul care. You know, sometimes that's just not realistic. But what are ways we can slowly start to implement that into our schedule? Maybe it's like once a day, 30 minutes, or um, like just on weekends. Like, what's your kind of advice for that? One of the best way to introduce new habits is to merge it with an existing habit, with something you already do. Like for me, I'm coaching a lot. I'm teaching a lot. Um, that's my office. That's my real life. <laughs> that's what I do. That's, that's where I spend most of my time. So I do um, go on walks, at least three walks a day, even if it's 10 minutes, just because I need to have, just to have a fresh brain between clients and different things. And it used to be, that I would, I'm an optimizer, maximizer, right? How, and I'm a productivity coach too. So I help women be productive. So I would tend to do, okay, while I'm going for my walk, I'm going to listen to a podcast or different things like that. But then I realized that I need to identify the kind of rest that I need. Mm -hmm. There are times where we just need to have 
mental rest. A lot of women, especially with have little kids at home and they're very loud, you need to have that quiet, that noise that's outside, right? But also that ongoing commentary that keeps going inside your head and fully rest. So for me, um, just going on my walks, I this is where I have, I practice just silence. I walk and I rarely, I sometimes will call friends, but I rarely call for, I'm just like, it's my time for pray. It's my time for even processing my emotions, processing my thoughts, processing the decisions that I want to make. That's a way to care for your soul, right? It's create breathing room, even for your mind, for your brain. For me, I realized that um, in my life, the the mental rest is huge. Again, you can need social rest. You can need uh, um, sensory rest. There's a lot of different kind of rest that you need. But I found for women to create like space for mental rest is huge. And uh, sometimes with my when my kids were little, it was literally locking myself in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm putting myself in a timeout, you know, like I've yeah. done that several times, but I found kids or when I was nursing my, my youngest, I would be nursing a lot more often. Like the nurse, the nursing could last five minutes, but I really like half an hour in my bed and just, you know, <laughs> like just stretching those moments. Um, so it's really like, you can merge things you already do. If for you, you, you need to wash yourself, obviously, while, and taking a bath is very relaxing. Then add a candle and add some worship music. You see you, I want to get closer to the Lord. I want to spend some time in worship, but I feel it's, so much out and about well you're already taking your bath how about you mix that together so Mm, it's mm. about you know seeing the things in your life that you have to do anyway and how can you do it in a way that you're also gentle with your soul and that's another thing is that you need to have radical uh ownership but radical compassion towards yourself right as you're learning to do this because the enemy always come and whisper guilt and whatever we try to do we never quite do it right so it's really going the base on the bible say the enforce come with me uh get away with me and that will show the enforced rhythms of grace that's in matthew but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's from the message and say what does the unforced rhythms of grace look like for me at this very moment? And mm. if we just can kind of renew our mind with this thoughts, what does the enforced rhythms of grace look like? Then we're not there to perform self-care. We're there to renew our mind and, and say, Jesus, how can I invite you in this very moment? Right. And it's really mm. a partnership with him. He loves, mm. he loves when we care because it's a, a you know, Paul say, I pray that you will um, grow, uh, that you will um, get healthier as your, the state of your soul also gets healthier. So mm. uh, yeah, it's God's will. Have you heard of the BTG Leadership Conference? Bridging the Gap believes every woman is a potential leader, and we have designed this conference to invest in your leadership development. Whether you are an experienced marketplace, ministry, or community leader who is wanting to continue to grow, or you would like to begin developing skills and networks as a future leader, this almost 24-hour event is for you. Mark your calendar for February 9th and 10th, 2024 at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria, Minnesota. We'll have main sessions with speaker, pastor, 
podcaster and writer Portia Allen, multiple workshops, story time with Pamela Steinley, networking opportunities, exhibitors, and fun, all to encourage your leadership potential. In addition to our regular cozy up north activities, we're adding a horse-drawn wagon shuttle to the bridge shop. We'll also have the breakfast buzz, bingo, and you can get your headshot updated by a photographer. It's going to be a power-packed, fabulous event that you and your team won't want to miss. This year, you can also extend your stay by adding Thursday and or Saturday night lodging onto your ticket. This opportunity allows for more time for reflection and strategizing with your team or simply for extra rest. Register individually or as a group at mnbtg.org leadership. That's mnbtg.org leadership. We'll see you there. And I think it's such a learned behavior, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it's, it might not feel natural to you at first. It might not feel, you know, great when you're like, okay, I've only got 10 minutes. I feel like I'll just take a quick shower. But like, no, what does it look like to actually sit in the bath and relax? And with any learned behavior, like you said, it's going to take a little bit of time to get into that habit. And, you know, we're talking about that partnership with Jesus. And I think that we also, in a lot of ways, have to partner with um, the people in our lives too, when it comes to our soul care. I need a lot of accountability when it comes to taking care of myself because I can forget. And although soul care is a very individual journey and it's taking care of yourself, what are your thoughts on just how we can include other people, you know, whether it's our spouse or just anybody that's a significant person in our life to help us in this soul care journey? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's what I do as a coach, right? So Mm -hmm. I help people, um, create a wellness plan. I think a wellness plan also needs to go with a boundaries plan uh, Mm. because when we talk about the will, right? So the will, it has to do with caring for our will is also the ability to say, this is okay. This is not okay. Those are things that their decision that I make, you put boundaries around other people, put boundaries within yourself, uh, because if you don't put boundaries within yourself, you will never have Sabbath. It's related. Mm -hmm. So it's very closely related. So usually when I um, help people to create a soul care plan, they also have a boundaries plan. Even how do you deal with very draining people or people that are very uh, explosive and what's the action step to deal with these people so that you don't end up being all, always draining your relationship. Uh, but create a wellness plan is huge, is huge. First, um, if you were to, and it's go, bring it very practical. So for me, as far as Sabbath, what I do with my clients is that I help them uh, first really truly understand the the value of the Sabbath. Like when it, it is crazy to imagine that when the the commandment was given for people to have the Sabbath, uh, well, when Jesus talked about that, you know, um, that how important the Sabbath is, we had twenty generation. Uh, 20 generations, but before Moses, before Moses, sorry, there was 20 generations that live in slavery, which is crazy. When God gave and say, no, I now it's time for freedom. So Sabbath mm-hmm. is about being free. It's about celebrating freedom. It's not a list of rules to not to do and stuff. It's about really dwelling in the Lord and celebrating our freedom in Christ, which is, a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, bring it down. For example, that Sabbath. What do I do? What I do with people is just to identify. So what, when exactly are you going to take your Sabbath, create that rhythm in your life. And if you had an appointment at the doctor, if you have tickets to go see a musical theater show, which I'm a 
musical theater geek. So I will never, like I went to see you, Jackman and Sutton Foster on Broadway um, with my daughter. I, I took her this, this um, January. I would have never just like, well, that's fine. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to book something else. Somebody else needs me. No, I'm like, this is really important. <laughs> I don't want, I want to see you Jackman live. So I'm clearly scheduled to be able to do that. But yet with our time of Sabbath, it's like everything become a priority, right? So treat it as something sacred and you decide when is it going to start? When is it going to end? And it's okay that it's like from uh, dinner to dinner. Um, even if you can't, like you said, I don't, with the schedule, all that, you can start like, um, a half a day on Monday, half a day on Thursday. It's better than nothing, right? We don't want to be religious about it, but just write it down the time, protect it. And to uh, choose are the things that you want to do during your Sabbath and the things that you will not do during your Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I have a rule in my uh, wellness plan, <laughs> soul care plan, that I will not go on Costco on my Sabbath. And <laughs> I broke that rule last Saturday and I regretted it so much. It was the worst. <laughs> I was like so drained at the end because there's nothing more draining than to go to Costco when you need to do a big grocery. And then why right. do we do this during your Sabbath? You can do it during your window of time, right? So I realized going to Costco drains me and it's like work against the, the goal of my Sabbath. So what are the things you will do? Maybe people with which you would choose not to interact during your Sabbath, maybe mm. in good relationship or it's more a strained relationship with a family member. It's okay. If they call that you call them the day after. Okay. That could happen at any time, but for you to protect your time and your energy during Sabbath. And also how can you prepare? How can you prepare for the Sabbath? It could be, I'm going to, make some food the day before. So I don't need to prepare, you know, it could be some, if some of you Sunday, I'm going to make sure that all our clothes is ready for church, like whatever it looks like. So it's just to have a very practical plan and then share that plan with somebody. It could be a coach. It could be a spouse. It could be a best friend and somebody that can actually, and here's how we, we develop accountability is that you create the question that can be answered by yes ask you for example did you observe your sabbath on saturday saturday during the day last saturday right so you create the question for the other person you give the other other person the question and they ask you in a way that it's yes or no it's not Mm -hmm. an open question right Mm -hmm. um and it's not about guilt or anything and if something for whatever circumstance the person didn't do you you didn't do it. You can just the 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 other person can ask uh, what got in the way. What got in the way? Mm. And then you can learn and readjust because we can make plan and realize that plan is just doesn't work and set me up for failure. So it's okay. There's grace to readjust, but just mm. to have clarity on what do I want to do, what would I not want to do, how can I prepare for it? Yeah. That's super good. How do you feel about um, people having a Sabbath on a, a different day of the week, every week? So when someone I listened to on a podcast, she was like, my Sabbath is different every week. Like it's not always on Sunday. It's not always on Monday. Kind of going back to how like you have things just come up in life, especially if you have kids and activities and you have things like this, but looking at the start of every week and saying like, okay, so Tuesday, I'm going to do it Wednesday. Do you like that? Or do you feel like 
that might get easily pushed off then? I'm just curious in your thoughts. It's going to depend on your personality and on your schedule. There are times where uh, some women may have a spouse that works shift. They, they work on shift or they work on shift or they have, you know, some that may be separated that don't have the kids all the time. It may look different. So it's really a matter. You're going to, you can test it, but see long-term uh, what it works for me. I change it. It's not always the same day. It's most, I would say 75% the same day, but if I'm speaking or I have to travel for me, that's when I tend to skip my Sabbath. It is I'm speaking or I'm traveling and doing ministry where I'm like, well, I just, I have to get prepared to do that. So it's developed still the discipline, but it's you do you. There's nothing religious about it. I have some people that were really, really struggling and they started by one morning a week, one afternoon a week and one evening a week, right? That they Mm -hmm. can really devote it and that it's better than what they did before. So it's about setting time aside to let go of everything even it's interesting because we are to enter the sabbath as if all the items of our to-do list were already done so Mm. that's a different mindset and it takes a lot of discipline even to get there just say no i'm just gonna go as if i'm fully loved fully accepted i'm free and yeah i mean sabbath is one of the many soul care practices but Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I love what you said about having people in your corner to check in with you. And again, it's not about guilt. It's about accountability. And, and sometimes you just got to let them know if there's one person that reaches out to you a lot, like, Hey, can't do it today. Or your spouse said like, okay, I don't ask me to do anything today. I'm resting. I'm doing this. And, um, we can't always get away with it with our kids. They tend to always need something. So (laughs) you can't tell them all all the time. Leave me alone. No one talked to me today, but, um, what are some other just stories maybe that you've had from working with women in this area? Obviously you coach a lot of women and help them through this, but just any other stories you wanted to share about what it looks like and what maybe women you've coached their journey with soul care and how that's been successful. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they come to me, they feel close to the end of their rope, sometimes not necessarily at the end of the rope. Uh, Either they they feel totally this. Um, overwhelm, like I mentioned, the triple O, that's what I hear all the time, like overwhelm, overwork, or overcommitted. So you have people that come to me like that, or they know that the God is calling them to a higher level assignment and they need to expand. Like they need to expand mm. their leadership capacity. They need to manage their self-leadership in order to be able to lead themselves and to be a person that can handle their next mantle, right? That can mm-hmm. handle their next assignment. So those are a lot of people I tend to work with. And yes, I have from Julie that was a um, a mom that stayed at home, uh, but she felt very overwhelmed at home. And she felt uh, also tired all the time, but she was sleeping fairly well. And then when we were talking together, she realized that it's um, we, we cover, we look at all the different kind of rest that she needed. And she realized that she really need um, sensory rest. So she needed rest mm-hmm. with time without her device, without noise, without background noise, background noise. So she was able to implement strategies that really helps her feel now uh, free and she can like her stress dramatically lowered, right? Because she was able to identify that's actually the kind of rest that I need because sleep is a byproduct of rest. Have you ever been so exhausted and unable to sleep? We often say you're tired. Well, sleep more. (laughs) 
it's yeah. not always a solution. You know, if you say to your husband, I'm so tired, well, go to bed early. That is not necessarily <laughs> working like that all the time because we mm-hmm. can have different kind of rest. Another story is Crystal. So Crystal, a busy mom of four kids, full-time teacher, and she just knew that God was calling her um, to a new level in her leadership. Um, and this is when she got approached by her church to be groomed to become the new lead pastor of a church. It's in, in Quebec. She's one of my clients. And she, when she kind of knew that was what God wanted for her, but she came to me and said, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope. Like I can't, I can't even barely live the life, manage the life that I have right now. How can I prepare for what God has in the future for me? Um, and it's been just beautiful journey of helping her set boundaries and helping her first create uh, have clarity on what God's calling her to to be, who God created her uh, to be, and what to do. You know, with her personality, or core values, or passion, or vision for her life. All of that. It's to discover what God's calling you to do. Do it in a way that's sustainable. That's a, often a missing piece, and mm-hmm. doing it in a way that we trade busyness for strategic fruitfulness. Because mm-hmm. we so busy, I mentioned with our so to do list. But we're not necessarily fruitful in what God's actually asking us to do. And that's a big difference. Um, and I've seen her now and she's is about to take the lead pastoring of that church. And it's been beautiful to see her from, I want to give up everything. <laughs> I don't know how I can do it to actually, I, I, it's, it's a matter of self-leadership, right? Before be able to lead organization or lead people, you say, I need to be able to lead myself uh, to the highest level that I can. So uh, beautiful stories, uh, people coming are sometimes, again, at home with their kids, sometimes in the position of uh, transition. We have new moms. We have people that just retired too from the workforce and say, I now, what am I doing? People too that are in life transition that said, I thought everything in life was about having kids and being married. Now I have this and I have that longing for more. Like I, (laughs) that's not enough. Like I know that God has more for me than that. So there's so many women, so many examples I could give, but it's just a delight to be able to journey alongside them. Oh, I bet. And I just think that, you know, and the, the similarity in all the stories that you're sharing is it takes a lot of deep reflection to figure this out and to really process because everyone's story is different. It's not going to be like, well, this lady said, you know, this works for her. So it's going to work for me or something like that. Like it takes the processing and it takes that um, attunement with God and like, okay, God, show me where I'm taking on too much. Show me where I need to maybe take on more in some area of getting into the word more, spending more time in prayer and worship. And it's going to be such an individual journey for every person, but it's awesome that there are people like you out there that are just um, helping people discover it. Cause sometimes we have to get out of our own heads. We have to get out of our minds and to process and, and to figure that out. But as we're wrapping up here, is there any kind of final pieces of advice or encouragement you have for women in this area of soul care? Mm-hmm. I would say to have radical compassion towards yourself. Mm. to see yourself the way God sees you, which is never harshly. It's never condemning. It's never demeaning, right? So even with our emotion, emotions are tunnels with the beginning and an end. Mm. And when we get stuck too long in that tunnel, that's why we get into trouble. 
right? And or that's why we get uh, more anxiety or depression and stuff. But all of that, like there is just so much. Um, the, the biggest part of the learning is just learning wherever you're at to say, invite Jesus in the moment. Just invite Jesus in the moment. And he always makes room. Uh, he always makes room. He makes time. And it just is, okay, God, where are you in this situation? And how can I partner with you? What do you have to say? And he revealed himself so powerfully so often. I also have, I created free uh a free gift for all your uh, audience, people that are listening. It's called Five to Thrive. And I share five strategies to live healthy life. So I talk about boundaries, managing people, uh, managing people's um, expectation. I also talk about uh, identifying the kind of rest that you need. Anyway, it's a free resource I want to give uh, anyone who would be interested. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you for doing that. And I'm sure we'll be able to, we'll link that in the show notes for people to listen to um, and find access to that. But thank you. That is awesome. I'm sure a lot of people will find that so helpful. And I just want to hear too a little bit about Vivid Academy and what is that and how people can learn more about it and, and just to find more of your resources and get connected. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, they can visit my website at carolinebergeron.ca. So it's C-A-R-L-I-N-E-B-E-R-G-R-O-N.ca. And yes, it's a leadership academy for women that really, uh, it's all about helping women discover what God's calling them to do, helping them to create rhythms that sustain them. And also, again, trading a business for strategic fruitfulness. So we have courses that we give uh, with uh, leadership certification also uh, with different theme. One theme is uh, more about establishing, again, that sustainable pace of life to getting the rest that you need to get that, um, create that soul care plan. The other one is actually helping you to create the skull reset. It helps you create that decision-making framework um, to really make you help you make give you a tool to make clear decision based on your personality, your mission, your vision, your strengths, and bottom line, your calling. Mm. Uh, and the last one, that's the one that I'm actually starting uh, this fall. It's a rise up, and it's all about helping women to take on their dream, imagine their dream, turn into a vision. Because a, a dream is an idea, right? A vision is a clear picture. Then to say, how am I? on a daily basis, doing things that actually help me fulfill my long-term vision mm. by managing time, energy, priorities. Um, I mean, I it's everything that I wish I would have learned 25 years ago when I started ministry. And I've, you know, I've done studies and stuff, but I, I've learned a hard way by making many mistakes. And I just designed something so comprehensive that anyone that says, I want to grow in my leadership and that takes them one step at a time. It's in a group coaching format where you can buy the, you can have the curriculum alone, but I really, it's just so beautiful to be with like-minded women uh, to grow and to share and to, um, to lean into the Lord together. It's just a, a beautiful environment. And it's, I've done a lot of things in my life that God has allowed me to do, but this is by far um, the, the the things that, that is my mark on, on earth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just yeah. beautiful to feel that this is, this is my legacy on earth and mm-hmm. seeing the 
transformation that is happening in the life of women that rise up all over the world, really, uh, with greater confidence in their calling and stepping with bolder faith and impact is just the delight of my heart. Oh, I love that so much. I got goosebumps. Yeah. I just listened to that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for just taking the time to share about all this. I know that it is going to encourage and empower so many women who might have been just sitting and stuck in that season of, uh, you know, I'm taking on too much. I'm overworked. I'm overcommitted. You know, all of the things that you said. And um, I really just hope that this blesses them and that they check out your resources. And I think that that just all sounds so... <sighs> So equipping and empowering. <laughs> Beautiful. So. And I also have a free, if they want to stay in touch with me, I have a free Facebook group called Christian Women Who Lead. And mm -hmm. I like this week, for example, I'm doing a five-day challenge, get it done challenge, how to get organized structure. I talk about uh, realizing your priorities today, actualizing your priorities before the, this recording. So lots of resources. Uh, you can check me out there. Well, great. Thank you again so much for sharing all of this. And it was just an honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you for your time. It's just so easy to talk to you. Such a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridging the Gap podcast. We were honored to hear from Caroline Durocher-Bergeron on Soul Care in the Real World. Caroline is offering a free gift to listeners, a handbook that shares five strategies to thrive in life and leadership. Download it now at 5tothrive.org. That's the number five, the word two, thrive.org. Connect with her through Vivid Academy at vividacademy.org and by following Caroline Bergeron Coaching on Instagram. You can also find more on Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the Bridge in the Gap app through your app store or by following MNBTG on social media. We also invite you to take a moment to rate and review this podcast to help others find this resource as well. Thank you for joining us today and we look forward to being with you next time on the Bridge in the Gap podcast.